so I, I'm really excited. Thanksgiving, um, and you know, I, <laughs> around the holidays, what the hell was that? Uh, this it's is the, the gobbler. Time, this uh, is the time where uh, I like to go uh, Christmas shopping. I always like to adopt a family every year. I know we're, we're doing that this year again, so it gets me excited to the year of giving. Um, I thought we should do something cool, uh, and it was funny. You just Sal just brought up Lily. What was it? Two days ago. Uh, a story about someone who emailed you, and I thought well, this is perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got mm-hmm. Thanksgiving around the corner. Yeah, we so had let's... a we had a, a person who's been a long time listener uh, contact us. It's happened a couple times now. Yeah, um, I've had students too. Yes, yeah. um, long time listener got a lot of benefit out of listening to Mind Pump. Really wants to do maps. Um, just she's a single mom, can't afford it, and so you know, there's got to be a lot of people. Adam brings this up all the time. There's got to be a lot of people who listen. Who are on the fence, mm-hmm. uh, want to try our programs? We always recommend Maps Anabolic being the starting point, right? That's the, yeah, foundational, the foundational program. Which is, this is why this is why we decided we're just going to do that, right? We're right. just doing just the, Maps Anabolic, the one program, the one we decide is the intro. Hey, it's like, hey, this is what we're all about. You know, you get introduced to the, to the whole system of Maps that way. Yep, yep, and we want and we don't want to devalue our program. So this is a literally a Black Friday day sales so. 24 hours as soon as you listen to this episode this is thanksgiving today so happy thanksgiving this is us mind pump giving back hopefully to our listeners that have not enrolled into the programs you've got 24 hours from listening to this basically to get on that website to get on to mindpumpmedia.com you'll see the half off 50 percent off 50 percent off yeah yep. so it's half off maps anabolic half off uh until midnight friday night um it's the biggest discount we've ever given oh my god um on we, any program i would love to see all these people doing maps in a ball yeah. going into the new year that'd be Ex- awesome yeah but- it'd be perfect so mindpumpmedia.com you'll see it right there it'll say half 50 percent off happy thanksgiving if you want to pump your body and expand your mind there's only one place to go mind pump mind pump with your hosts sal de stefano adam schaefer and justin andrews hey, did you make those shorts or were they like that no, I did, they were like that. Oh, yeah? They curl you, at the bottom like it, that? You buy it like that. They curl up naturally at the bottom like that? Or is that just thick? They're just, I guess they're just scared of my calves. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck! Ooh! God damn it. Big calves reference! Boom! Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so yeah. loud in my ears. Such a bully, dude. You are a little bit with the whole calf thing. Yeah. Well, I have to be. You have big ankles. I gotta have something. If you were a chick, you'd have kinkles. I yeah, I'd be. We talked about this. Adam, Only if he was a chick, me and you would be clowning Karen on him. Karen Kinkles. This is, this is true. That's we'd be clowning on him right now. Karen, Karen Kinkles. Because yeah. we'd be we'd be the ect- we'd be the ectomorphs, always lean. Yeah. With the nice slim calves. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd be the one wearing the pumps. Yeah. No, I'd have great chick legs if I was Bitch. trying for that. You know. You have a chick ass. We've talked about this before. <laughs> you, do, you do. I think it's just that. Has it's to be, weird. Has to be the worst compliment. Just the arching I've ever of the back. No, it has, has to be the it. worst compliment. That ever. one time you mooned us, I was like. That's kind of like, hmm. Looks you, like a, you were partially turned on. <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna slap that. Yeah, I was like, this is a weird. I have yeah. a weird bone. I have a weird feeling. Right, <laughs> this isn't right. I don't know. I, why, a, I don't know why. It's, I kind of like so this. bubbly. Yeah, it just, it just, uh, it's just, yeah, it's high. You, you could really it? confuse him. It's high. Yeah. And, it's high and put smooth. Put a thong on. I, oh look, I'm all just I'm, mess with him. Listen, one day. all all joking aside, stop looking at me. I'm a piece of meat. All joking aside, all I'm saying is, if there was some kind of natural disaster and we were trapped. Trapped in this building for a month. <laughs> oh, God. Adams, who are you going for first? I, I, it's all it takes a month. You like how I say a month? <laughs> yeah, right. All, we'd be trapped for 30 <laughs> days. 30 within 30 days. Just, just knowing it's going to be yeah. a long time. It's like yeah. the 
the second day. Yes. Like, let's be honest, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, this, this huge disaster happened. Yeah, yeah. There's nobody else. Yeah. Who are we kidding? Hey, who are we kidding, guys? Hey, day three, they like they, they, they rescue us. Yeah. And we're like, we already fucked each other, man. Like, oh, man. Well, there was more people? Just, oh, son of a bitch. We thought we were going to be stuck in here for a long time. This whole hey, time, guys, my cell phone worked. Let's make a pact right <laughs> now. We're not going to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. They're all, they're all, it's only been... Ten hours, guys. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> guys, good lord! We've have, all fucked each other already. Have Dude, you got a lot of testosterone? Have you guys seen the that TV series yet? That uh, called Alone. Justin, have you seen it? Yet? I haven't seen it. Oh yet. wow! I thought for sure you would like that. It's I think it's on Discovery. They do. It's called Alone, and they use they go up. And I want to believe. I want to believe. I want to say it's. I want to uh, believe. I want to believe too. I I believe it's up in Alaska, somewhere up in Alaska. Uh, they they drop these guys off, right? And they I I do they do ten. I haven't seen it, but I've seen the commercials my, for that. My yeah. two best friends love it. We yeah. were all and they've actually done a really good job. So what they do is like, I think it's on its second or third season now where uh, you get to see all the profiles of the guys that are going uh, going first and you you know they have all these attributes they have like they have 10 things they can bring right and there's a list of Wait, things. They're allowed Do they 10 score things? Them? yeah yeah there's they're they're allowed like 10 things and they're like it's small things obviously you can't bring like a your propane cell phone. yeah your cell phone <laughs> like so they don't and and a then they torch. they leave them with this emergency phone and if they use that emergency phone to come get them they'll send a rescue team out there and then they evacuate you out and you lost it's over and the object is so there's 10 of them and they they drop them off and they spread them out like miles and miles and miles apart so they're never going to run into each other all over the place right mm-hmm. and it's and there's country i mean there's what's like the, what's the goal they have bears to, and wolves they, who can last the longest survive yeah and they the get, longest yes the wolves. longest and you don't know when the other guys are dropping off so you're watching the show oh, that's fucked up yeah. yeah it's totally fucked up so and they they have a little camera that they do the daily check-in and it's just, they are all alone by themselves dude and they do yeah, like gnarly. and they have to build themselves a camp and the weather is ridiculous so i mean they go through like stormy weather and it's and they have to survive on I'm here. definitely building a Wilson. And you watch these guys build their little <laughs> you know camps I mean? and Fifi. then and then search some guys last like three nights, bro. Three nights and they they like they hear the wolves like hella close and they come mm-hmm. encounter like a bear's den and they're like, wolves. fuck this, I'm out. You like this ain't about my I, I feel like if Justin was in that show, WUV. Uh, he would die. Let me tell you why Justin would die. <laughs> okay. He's so fucking competitive. <laughs> that that motherfucker would not call anybody. No. He just he just die. Yeah. You know just, I, mean? I would just be like emaciated. Yeah. Like, you know, Mrs. Mi- Mrs. Andrews, we have some good news mm. and bad news. The good news is your husband won the competition. Yeah. The I bad news is he died. Yeah, he died. Yeah. It's yeah. nuts. It'd be how like much, my last words. How much weight like all these guys lose? I mean, they just lose. But it also, I think it's also fascinating because we talk about um, you would lose first. For sure. Oh, probably. Yeah, I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't even be an idiot, dumb you enough to even get sign on a up show. For that yeah, shit. I'm like, yeah. well, how much Come money on. do I w- really? That's it. Like, how much no. money? Yeah, would- really. How yeah. much would it take? Because uh, yeah, for me, it, for me, it would take. It feels like five million dollars. Oh, five million. That's a that's a good amount of money to put myself through right? misery for. Because I think they only last like. I don't. I think the longest was like forty five days or something like that. Like holy I shit! I mean, it's just really shitty camping if you think about it. Exactly. You I, know what I mean, I could I could do yeah, really. That sounds so easy. Yeah. But the, the, the because part, they have to make they have to get their own food. Well, water. the, the oh, big yeah. mind fuck is that that's you, when you really you bugs. don't know you don't know like there's ten guys right so I could be on day twenty nine and think that there's still eight dudes left that I got to outlast. So and you have you, to you oh, have oh, you, so you could, just the mental warfare exactly because yeah. if I knew I was going heads up with somebody. And it's down, and we're yeah, on you day. want real time statistics. Like, yeah, who dropped yesterday? Yeah, right? I would How be like, I oh, left? I got yeah. this. The competitive side of me would be Sea like, coast. I, I could make it, but yeah. if you think like you for the guys that, and that's where it gets interesting. When it's like mm. thirty days in, for all they know, everybody is still there. 
Yeah. You know, and you're still- How shitty. Like you show show up after like 60 days down the wilderness. You can't coast at all. And they're like, you won. You're like, oh my God. They're like, everybody quit on the third day. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you motherfucker. (laughs) I the whole time. I did this shit for no reason. Or or imagine being the guy, right? Imagine being so- and this is kind of how it plays out. Or you the, quit like an hour before. The fir- the there's guy. like, there's always a couple. There's <laughs> always so a couple pussies that I'm drop off the first like three days. Like, there's always a couple of them, and yeah. then there, then there's like the solid eight <laughs> that last really bad skin rash. Last like a here. month, and then after that month, then they start really dropping off fast. And imagine if you're the second to last guy who la- outlast everybody else over that whole time, and then you j- and then the one guy just outlasted you by the next day. You know what I'm saying? You're like. Fuck, bro, yeah. it was that close. That was you know, five million dollars. It's not five million dollars, though. Yeah, that's how we used to. What do they get? It's like, a, it's like a free trip to Alaska or Is something. Is that their that's prize? Like, no, I think they went. I think I want to say like a hundred grand. Mm. Maybe Fuck that. they win like a Prius. Maybe yeah. maybe they win a million. Yeah. I don't think they win a million though. I I don't remember it being a hundred grand. It's not a lot of money, bro. Yeah. It's not. It's not enough for me to Here do. Here you it. go. No, for almost dying. No I love. I would do. I'm like man, it's if I actually Prius. if I actually worked because to me that like surviving like that would be like work twenty four seven. So if I worked twenty four seven for thirty something days, I could make a lot. See, I, I would like. Say see, I'd like to see. A, that. I'd like to see a competition about being like you have to live uh, homeless. Like in a city, I think that'd be a kind of a cool little competition. That's, that's kind of fucked up. Though. Why? Yeah, you you just see people. I don't know. Like just the, it would be weird. How to would be, you set that up what? to to live within that community without know. exposing them to like or, or exploiting them? I would. Well, say. how is that much different than this? Like you're way br- different than living homeless. Homeless on the streets in a city? Oh yeah, dude. Well, living in the wilderness. I mean, that would be crazy. The, the wilderness would be way worse. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. Oh, I thought you were yeah. comparing well, like, like a documentary. No, I was like, dude, I don't that. know. I would wait. I could totally do the city thing. You know, be yeah. under a bridge and yeah. like safe. But making it all people. like competitive, like oh my god, you know, I'm not eating today. And then <laughs> some guy over there is like, I haven't ate for like ten years. Half the fear, yeah. uh, half of why some of these guys <laughs> you left. Pussy. Yeah, some of these dudes were like, you know, staring across at a, a mama bear and their three cubs, and they're like, uh, and it's right by their camp. Wait, who's filming this? They film themselves. Oh shit! So it's legit. Oh wow. yeah, yeah. It's a, they have their own little camera, and they're like, there's there's like rules, like they're they, they're required to do a check in every single day, mm-hmm. you know. So then they gather all this footage. Dude, someone's gonna get killed. Uh, by a bear. Well, that's why they have the emergency phone, and I believe you, they, you can fucking call someone. <laughs> well, I believe a they, bear is <laughs> eating me right now. Hey, man, well, could you like bring a chopper? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I don't know if you're gonna make it in time. Hurry! <laughs> 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 it just fucking shreds this guy down. Well, okay, it's a <laughs> that doesn't sound good to me. Yeah, first, all. Of, first of all, it's a uh, it's a black bear. So they're black bears, so those aren't really bears. I don't give a attack. fuck what color the bear is. No, no, <laughs> it's, it's a bear. You're right, it is, and, and <laughs> they have eat and, me. And there has been, although it's rare, been uh, only bear I'm not scared of is a teddy bear. Other than that, fuck. <laughs> and then they have a flare gun, right? So the they have a flare gun for emergency. So if in I'm, case they need extra flare, yeah. Hey, I'm getting eaten. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make this You're, an event. <laughs> you know where to find my corpse. Oh my god. That's the, hey, hey, you over there? Getting? Hey, I always said I wanted fireworks on my death. Hey, you eaten by a bear! Hey, hey, you over there getting eaten by a bear. Throw some flare into it. It doesn't look that good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, put me on speakerphone. Hey, Bob! (laughs) I'm getting eaten by a bear! Somebody, Somebody needs to summon the eagle. 
I would imagine, even though they don't tell you on the show, I bet you they have like a, they've got to have like security or they got to have like somebody that's like quick, that's close. You know what I'm saying? It can't be too far away. It's got to be like a Well, team. that ruins the show then. Yeah. Well, they don't tell you that, but I mean, wouldn't you think you're, you're so for right. safety, yeah, for, for safety there's purposes? There's some producer people around. There's yeah. some badass snipers that are up in the trees that are waiting. Like, don't I mean, worry. I don't think it's like hunger. I don't know. No. I doubt it. Like hunger <laughs> games and shit. <laughs> that would be legit right yeah. there. Kill people. Hmm. Yeah. It yeah. makes good ratings. <laughs> Shh. <gasps> About time. It's a bear. Oh, shit. No, it's just a bird. <laughs> it's a bird bear. Yeah. Chimera Today's Quaw is being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking Quaw. The eagle has landed. Our first question is from Eduardo110. What do you guys look for when doing an assessment? Well, that's kind of a cool question. Assessments. Okay, so I'll tell you why fitness, uh, why why big fitness gyms use assessments. It's to sign clients up for personal training, yeah. typically. Yeah. Um, I'm just being honest. Pitch. Yeah, I'm just being honest. The, the, real, the reality is uh, a good trainer is constantly assessing their client. I don't care if you train a person for a week or you train them for 10 years. Your initial assessment means nothing after a month of training them. You know what I'm saying? So, oh yeah, the so much has changed. I use an assessment uh, for two two reasons when I first do it. Reason number one is I want to know what direction uh, the direction I should take my presentation. Right. What message you're going to have to tell this person? Yeah, because I have to present my value to this client with this assessment, and I can't present my value to them if I don't know what their goals are, if I notice muscle imbalances, recruitment patterns, or exercise history, you know, medical history, all those different things that come as, as part of an assessment. I can't, I don't know the direction of, of, of my presentation if I don't know those things. So when I'm doing the assessment, part of it is I'm using that information so I can personalize my presentation to personal training. And this is important, by the way, because I know, and I know some of you guys listening are like, oh, it's just sales, sales pitch. Here's the reality. The reality is you have to sell this person on something you know is going to help them. Like I know if the person hires me I am, and they do what I say and they work with me, I know that it's going to make a positive impact on their health, their life, their mobility, all, all these wonderful things. But in order to get there, they have to pay me and hire me and I have to convince them. If, and if this is somebody especially who's never worked with a trainer before or never felt the benefits of working with someone who's really good as a trainer – then it's going to be my job to convey that, mm-hmm. and I have to be an effective salesperson to do that. And the the, the what give, what's going to make me effective is if I can personalize it and connect it to that person. So an example would be, you know, I'm doing a I'm I'm having them do a cable row, and their shoulders don't retract, and I can point that out and point point out that there's a weakness in their mid back, and then I can have them do a row again, stand behind them, force their body into position with my hands so they can feel the difference and see the difference. And now I've made a nice, you know, example for them to see why, you know, working with me may be better than not working with me. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, the typical assessments include posture uh, assessment, a squat assessment, an overhead press assessment, a row assessment, um, some cardiovascular assessment, maybe a cardiovascular yeah, assessment. Um, they all generally will have those things. My favorite part of the assessment 
um, are the row, the squat, and the posture. I can do with those three things. Mm-hmm. Um, I can typically um, really see a lot about somebody. Well, I would say just the squat alone. Yeah. I um, my assessment process has significantly changed over the years of training for sure. Uh, like Sal said, when when we first started doing assessments and when I first started as a trainer, uh, the main goal was literally just to sell somebody personal training. So I think my assessment really looked like that. You know, it was a lot of questioning the other person and feeling them out on, you know, what their goals were. And then it was me kind of pitching them on, you know, what they needed to do to get themselves there and how I played a role in that. Right. So a heavy part of my assessment was geared around sales where now, like with my experience, and I would have to say if I, you know, I know we don't talk a lot about um, formal education and certification and stuff like that because we we agree that we've learned so much more outside of that. But I will, I will say that um, the corrective exercise specialist through NASM, the CES, really took uh, my assessment to a, another level, like, and I, and I started to really change how I do that. Like, so in the past, because I, I kind of naturally had the gift of gab and I could talk to people and that was a comfortable situation for me. I relied a lot on my sales skills. Whereas as I got a, to be a better trainer and I, I really, really learned the body, um, my assessment really evolved and changed. And so now I love to like, just take somebody, I'll take their shoes off, get them on the ground, do squat assessment with them. And I'm just going to watch their body move. I'm going to watch the way they walk. I'm going to watch the way they sit, stand. Uh, Sal brought up like a seated row is an excellent movement. But I am literally just going to watch their mechanics completely. And then my whole presentation now is geared around that. Because this is the way I look at it is losing weight, which typically is the main reason why people hire you, like to lose body fat or to get in better shape. Building muscle and losing body fat for me to teach people is very easy. Mm-hmm. I find that's the easiest part of our job is to teach uh, nutrition and to teach, you know, basically the law of thermodynamics and to break that down for people to get to them to lose weight or gain weight or whatever their goal may be. The hard part is explaining them the importance of learning how to move better and understanding wh- and realizing who you're talking to too. So if I'm talking to someone who's 25. And I, they don't, they haven't, they don't know about aches and pains yet. And they don't know about things like this that, because they haven't felt it yet. So that, that is really, that's a challenge. It's very Mm -hmm. challenging for us to do. Now, if I'm talking to someone who's 30, 35, 40 years old or older, um, it's a lot easier because they've already dealt with it or they're dealing with it currently. And that speaks to them right away. Like when I, when I explain that, listen, you know, this is what's going on with your body. I, I, I noticed that you're, you know, your right foot, you, you slightly pronate, you know, your, your knees adduct when we come down, when you squat, you, your shoulders are rounding forward, your head is coming forward. Uh, you have a, you know, excessive pelvic tilt. You know, these are all very common uh, issues when you see somebody squatting or moving. And when you see this, you want to be able to take each and every one of those and explain. And mm-hmm. so, I'll look at, I'll address each one of those movements and then I will break it down and I'll show them. And I always exaggerate what they're doing so they can see. So for example, you know, somebody who has the the forward shoulders and the forward head, which is super common, uh, especially where we're at in the Silicon Valley, where everybody sits at computers all day long. You know, I, I show them what that looks like and I show them what that's going to look like if they continue on. You know, this is, people always, they, they look at people that are 70, 80, 90 years old walking around in a walker. And we just all assume that they got there because they're old, 
Mm. And that's not the case. Like you didn't just wake up one day and then require a walker and you're all hunched over and rounded forward and holding a walker. Yeah. What happened? What's inactive? Yeah. That, that was a progression of 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of that person's life of having these imbalances that they never learned to correct. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of our job is getting people to understand that, that, listen, you're at a point in your life right now where we can do something about this. Mm-hmm. You don't have to head down that same path that you saw your great-grandmother go down. Oh, it's all preventative. It's uh, Yes, very much so. And so when I'm doing an assessment, I'm really looking at the individual's imbalances that I see, especially the ones that are glaring, especially mm-hmm. ones that I know are setting them up for major, major issues down the road. And when you do this, like, you know, and I'll use one example, and this is uh, uh, like recent in uh, my arsenal since hanging out with Dr. Brink a lot. And, you know, when somebody squats down, uh, I used to never take them out of their shoes. I would just watch all the other stuff. Now, because of him, I I break people down to their bare feet Mm -hmm. and have noticed a a lot of people with the the pronating of their ankles. And then they'll see that they have like a callus on one side of their their big toe. And then I then from there I, I can probably guess that they've had some sort of knee issue on that that same side and hip issues, and then I can probably guess on the opposite side they're going to have some shoulder stuff going on. And when you point that out and, and with somebody who you don't really know very well, they're normally like, "Holy shit! Yeah, how did you?" They're blown away. It, it's it's such a great and why Sal brings up uh, you know the sales end of it is because it is such great. Uh, you know, ammo for you to, to bring up later and how to address in the message that, you know, this person needs to hear as opposed to like kind of taking it in the direction that uh, they want to go as far as like, this is what I'm looking for. Like, yes, of course, you know, and this is where the compromise happens, you know, especially as a, as a trainer professional where you do have to compromise a lot of uh, all these different things you want to work on really badly. And, you know, that's definitely a priority, but, you know, they have to sort of work in also, um, you know, how am I going to be able to really get this person to buy into this? That's it, a man. That's such a good point. And this is probably one of the, the things that I think a lot of trainers fail at is how do you how do you do something that is customer service based because you are someone's buying a service from you that you have to provide. So how do I do that? But then at the same time, you know, give them what you know they need more than anything else, right? And so there's this very fine line that you have to learn to juggle. You have to be a good, you got to be a really good communicator. This is why the most effective trainers I've ever seen were also some of the best salespeople because they're able to communicate. Look, if I got somebody who comes in and says, I want to lose 30 pounds in the next two months, I got this wedding I got to go to, whatever, and I know that's not the best route for them, um, it's up to me to be able to convey that to them in a way where they understand and agree with me, not just tell them, you know, that's a bad way to do it because they'll end up doing it anyway with someone else. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That's yeah. just one example. But right. if I see that before we can work on your squats, we need to correct these imbalances. But this is a guy who comes to me who just wants to get a heavier squat. I need to be able to do a good job of communicating what I understand about fitness so that they understand and they buy in. Yeah. So an assessment does that. The initial assessment does that. But don't forget this as a trainer. You are assessing every time you train your client. Yeah. Every single time every you're working workout. with them. Yeah. 
you can see things. And I also wanted to add in because like Adam started to talk about kind of the progression of his understanding of of different things, you know, to look out for, you know, through the whole process. Like this is all comes from experience too, how to like tweak, adjust and and modify uh, based off of like the information that you have retained. And so you use that to to the best of your abilities, but then you increase by learning new techniques. And there's a lot of uh, um, uh, evolution that's happened as far as like understanding the human body and the mechanics and how everything all interacts and, and mm-hmm. how, you know, how much more neurological it is than, than we initially thought. And so and this is something like, you know, I haven't really interjected um, what I've been working on in a long time. And like this is really like like a lot of the focus for me with this invention I've been working on with this stick is to get to a point where, you know, I'm very passionate about metrics and, and, and self-understanding. And, and uh, you know, I this is a way that I can provide another avenue to test, you know, connectivity between the muscles. Like how much pressure, how much force am I providing uh, from that particular uh, response? And so, you know, for me to build and develop upon a better way to actually have numbers to associate with these types of assessment processes, I feel be very valuable uh, to, to trainers and to their, to their, uh, you know, their, their clients as well. So I'm excited about this part of fitness because like the assessment process has always been something that, you know, I, that, that really drove me because I'm very curious as how to, to improve on, um, you know, the human, human mechanics and, and, and what to address and, and, you know, how we can benefit more people and alleviate pain. Well, part of, this is why I picked this question because I knew this would really stir up some good conversation because I think, at least I know personally, and I assume that you guys are the same way too, of the evolution of your assessment. Like, that's why I just shared that I never used to make people take their shoes off. And that was just because, you know, like Justin said, through all these years, like you can, we continue to grow and learn and, and more and we, we're evolving and we're, and we learn so much more about mechanics and how little, little subtle things can affect other things and, you know, people's daily habits. And this is the type of shit that we're experience really fucking kicks in. It's just, you know, I've seen enough clients now that when I see a certain deviation, I right away know some of the things that they're probably dealing with. You know, I already know what movements are going to be challenging for them. I already know some of the areas that they're going to feel it in right away. And when you can say that to somebody, man, that's where you get that really good buy-in is when you can tell somebody like, yeah, you know, you're about to do this. And when you do this, you're probably going to feel it here, here, and here. But I eventually want you to get it to here. And and we got to do this first to get there. And th- that is really, really powerful when you're trying to get somebody to understand the importance of of moving better too, not just their goal. The goal part, believe it or not, is actually the easiest part, I think, for us to accomplish. But really learning that individual's body and learning how to help them mm-hmm. uh, with that and and to overcome any of these deviations that they they ha- already currently have or they're going to have because of you know poor patterns that they've created over the last you know 10 20 30 plus years so will aja or it might be will aha mm. Uh, mm. how do you deal with unwanted advice how do you deal with unwanted advice? <laughs> yeah, like for, I think I think the whole question was uh, in regard. Act like you're going to make out with them, and then they move out of the way. Well, in re- we we talk a lot about unsolicited advice, don't. and how do we deal with uh, people approaching us and telling us like um, like what are you doing? You know, like doing searcher squats or doing a movement that people are like or like you know that we just showed we shot a YouTube video recently of me doing old school hack squats and. 
somebody made a comment like, oh my God, if I did that in the gym, people would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, how do we deal with that when people... Well, I, so it depends who the advice is coming from. Mm-hmm. Because when I, so when I first read the, when I heard the question, I didn't know that background, but what, what came to me was sometimes you're going to get advice that's unwanted from people that you trust um, that are close to you. And sometimes you should take that advice. So, um, you know, this maybe not has, doesn't necessarily have to do with fitness, but it could. But let's say you're a dude and you're bulking and you're eating all this food and you're trying to gain weight and people close to you are coming up to you saying, you know, you should, you know, maybe you should eat less or, you know, you're not looking too healthy or, and you're like, oh, fuck that. They don't understand because I'm just trying to bulk. I'm just trying to gain. Like sometimes, sometimes you need to step outside yourself. And if it's somebody you really trust uh, under other circumstances, you might not want to hear that advice because your ego is is doesn't want you to, but you might need to step back and and, and look at their advice and kind of consider it. I, I've hmm. I've changed a few things about myself. God, you really have to. You, you, <laughs> the person who's saying that to you really fucking matters, right? I mean, it well, if it's if you're there's, look, there's a handful of people that I think could say something to me like that where it would really stop me in my tracks yeah. to assess. Yeah, what yeah. I, I mean, it's gonna make you upset too, right? Cause yeah, it, it's gonna be somebody you trust, and, and it's, you don't want to hear it. You know, so yeah, it's definitely an That's ego what I mean. Check, like, there's yeah. things you might not want to hear. Like, someone might, you know, people you know might come to you and say, hey, you know, Mind Pump, I've been listening, but I don't like, you know, you guys do this a little bit too much or that. And if you almost want to be like, well, fuck you, you're not doing it. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But if you trust, if these are people you're tr- you, you really trust or people who are close to you that you know aren't out uh, to do you harm, then you might want to, you know, kind of step back consider. a little bit and consider and kind of look at everything objectively. Now, you're in the gym and you're doing an exercise that people haven't seen before. And they're going to come say shit to you, just brush it off. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of exercises that were popular a long time ago that nobody does today that, you know, they just never seen them before. I mean, had I, if I brought a kettlebell into a gym 15 years ago and started doing kettlebell swings, people would have lost their fucking minds. Okay. Yeah. I mean, literally, I probably, you probably would have got kicked out of the gym because you're doing something that's going to hurt your back. And what are you doing swinging that way? You know, you're not going, you're going too fast. It's too ballistic. Slow down. And, so, you know, that's, that's going to happen, especially when you do some of the old school exercises that people don't do anymore mm-hmm. uh, since the advent of machines. Uh, if you know what you're doing and you've gotten the advice from people, you know, like us or whatever, then just keep doing, doing it. Maybe educate them and tell them, hey, this is a hack squad well, or I used to I used to use that as a way to pick up clients, man. Oh, sure. I used to always do, like if I was learning something currently, like about training or mechanics or a new movement, you would find me doing it. Like I would uh, right away apply it in the gym. And because I knew that if it was new to me, it was probably new to a lot of other people knowing that I was probably going to get looks and stares. And, and I was doing that not because I really wanted the attention of looks and stares, but I knew that that would potentially drive someone over to ask that right. question. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you're distinctively doing something outside of the box. And yeah. so it, it draws a certain type of attention, whether you like it or not. So it's like, you just got to own it. And, and I, that's what I love about it. Like, I honest, honestly, it used to bother me a little bit because I definitely don't like a lot of attention. I don't like people, you know, bringing all that energy towards me or whatever. Like, I have like to do my own thing. But then, uh, you know, at the same time, when you get confident that this is what you're doing and I don't give a shit what you think, like, you just get this I don't care mode. It, it you know it's liberating you get out there you do your thing you know you know what you're doing is good and you, you just kind of nod your head like okay okay bro and, yeah. and you say bro or you say chief or you say you know chief. one of those kind of like demeaning words condescending okay boss good one yeah. boss yeah yeah no i don't think uh, yeah i don't think it's even worth uh 
I don't think it's even worth getting into something with that with someone like that. You know, this happens a lot to women. This happens a oh, lot yeah. to women. Yeah. Not as often to guys, but if you're a chick. You just want to look smart, though. If you're a girl that. in the gym and you're doing a zercher squat or a barbell hack squat uh, yeah, you're or. Right. And girl, you some, know, some other. You don't need to do that. You're going to get some dude that's yeah. going to come up to you. Some bro's going to come over to you yeah. and tell you, what are you doing? Oh, you shouldn't do that. You should do this exercise a little better. We actually had a girl yeah. doing one of our maps programs in the gym and some fucking trainer came up to her and was like, well, you shouldn't lift that heavy because. You'll start to look manly. He actually fucking said that to her. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she so hilarious. Yeah, this probably happens a lot more to girls than to guys, but that's because, you know. That's actually a really good point. Guys wanna- you're, you're probably right. There's normally guys will find the hot chick who's doing a movement who they don't think is what she should be doing and they yeah, approach. So that's probably a little, something like an asshole. a little more challenging. But even then, I still think Justin has it with the right the right answer, which is just like, okay. Call him chief. Yeah, okay, chief. Yeah. All, right. <laughs> All right, boss. Good one there, Captain. Healthy, happy, free. Sumo versus regular stance on squats and deadlifts. So let's start with the deadlifts because I think with deadlifts, there's this, and I used to be one of these guys where they were interchangeable, right? Mm. Deadlift, sumo conventional, take your pick and go for it. But I'm realizing more and more, it's so funny, like you get so brainwashed that you don't realize how brainwashed you are. They're two different exercises. Like, <laughs> if, I, if, if I never saw a yes, deadlift, yes. If I, as a personal trainer now, I, mean, I know you guys right now, are, your minds are going the same direction. As a personal trainer, if I'd never seen a deadlift and I saw someone do a conventional deadlift and I saw someone do a sumo deadlift, I'd say those are two different exercises. Mm-hmm. Now, you're, you're still pulling weight off the floor and there's a lot of similar muscles involved. But they're different. They isn't are different. It, yeah, and isn't it just your ability that you tend to to sway your decision, right? Like, like which one you're stronger? Which one at? I'm strongest in? Yeah, then that must be the way I have to do it. Well, one thing that I learned with myself was that one has some carryover to the other. Hmm. If especially if it's strengthening a weakness within your deadlift. So mm-hmm. I'm a con- I conventionally I can pull way more than I can when I sumo. And that's because I have some hip mobility issues. So a sumo deadlift requires you to get a wide stance and get down nice and low, right. which I have a problem doing. So I sumo deadlift, deadlifted for a while, and I realized that when I got my sumo deadlift got stronger, I went back to my conventional. My conventional went up faster mm-hmm. because it kind of worked on some of, those, some of those weaknesses. So I now tell people to, you know, go. you have your favorite, but make sure you throw in training cycles, not just every once in a while, by the way, like everything – we recommend we recommend that you stay with something for a little while to yield the benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So don't just do like, you know, sumo. You can oh, actually like, adapt to it. Yeah, like, okay, I'm going to do all my deadlifts now sumo style for the next, you know, six weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, give yourself some time, five weeks or whatever, um, and, then, and then watch what happens. They are different, though. I mean, a regular conventional deadlift is m- more posterior chain. A sumo deadlift, you get a little more anterior. Well, it's a lot, yeah. More it- hips versus back. More shearing forces in the spine with the conventional, which some people are great with. I have, I can do fantastic with shearing forces. Other people have a not a good, not a good time with the shearing forces of the spine. Um, with squats, it's very I, different. Yeah, yeah. With squats, it's very different. A narrow stance versus a wide stance on squats. I mean, um, you'll feel it the next day, the soreness. And, and again. I recommend messing with all of them and getting good at each of them. But that's the thing. like you, you, You're still splitting it as two different skills. And I feel like, especially with squats, this is something that opened my eyes to the fact that, um, you know, it's just that I didn't train now with a wider stance. I didn't train incrementally so. Like, so that's something, too, that I've been experimenting with. And um, I know Adam, I've seen Adam do it with narrow stances and uh, to address totally different 
you know, firing sequences and uh, the way that your body's responding and has ability to get into that range of motion in that stance. And it's important because when you start getting so fixed in, in certain um, elements of, of each one of those exercises, then it's really going to limit you as far as where you get the loudest response, like when you go to do actual activities, doing anything else. So I picked this question because um, this is something that, you know, Sal shares this sometimes when, you know, we go through something and it's just like, oh my God, I just had this epiphany that mm-hmm. when I do this, I do this. And it's just like, duh, it's kind of obvious, but it's like, it even got me, right? Um, this is something that, and this is what I've loved about being with these guys, is it's always challenging uh, the way I train, the way I eat, the way I, I assess myself. And it's uh, it, this last you know, two to three years, uh, I've progressed so much in, in my training on all levels because of that. And it's, I can't thank the other, other guys in this room because of that enough. And, you know, I have done this a lot lately and I've seen huge gains because of it. And I, so I just came off of, um, the last probably four weeks or so, uh, running everything sumo. So sumo deadlifting, sumo squatting. And just yesterday or yesterday, day before yesterday, I went back to uh, really narrow. So I will do exactly that. I will mess with the sumo stance, a narrow stance, and conventional stance. And here's the uh, the epiphany part, right, is we know, and we've talked about this before, that, you know, the people that see, like, the most gains out of everybody, you know, that we're talking all natural besides people that are on anabolics, is when you first start lifting weights. When you first start lifting weights, the gains are rapid because it's a total new adaptation to your body. Uh, and the body is like responding. I mean, that's how amazing our, our bodies are. Now, when you've been training for you know a decade, uh, the gains are few and far between and, and much smaller and, and more incremental. Something that I have put together in the last couple of years, especially, is holy shit. When I give my body a, a, a really new adaptation or stimulation, like there's a huge difference between deadlifting sumo and narrow stance or conventional i mean like it feels completely different just like sal said as a as a trainer i if you were to look at the mechanics when you're looking at someone you would say those are two different exercises and guess what the body responds that way it responds like they're totally two different things and if you've never really trained that way guess what it responds like it's the first time you did a fucking movement it's really really fascinating and, you know consider this too like we're talking about squats and deadlifts here right Squats and deadlifts are too easily, I can argue this all day long, the most effective muscle building, functional strength building, uh, you know, functional movements that you can do, um, period, end of story. Why not do variations of them so you can maximize the benefit of them? I mean, the reason why a squat is so effective or a deadlift is so effective, it's because it's a basic human movement. Involves hinging at the hips, involves flexion at the knee, involves you know tension in the core and the in the in the torso. Why not just you know if I'm getting if you if squats are going to give you such great results, why don't I do other variations of squats, front squats, wide stand squats, narrow stand squats? If deadlifts are so awesome, I can squeeze more to deadlifts by doing variations of the deadlifts. We didn't even talk about the trap bar deadlift. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the the when I got when I pulled 600 pounds. Uh, with a straight bar, I had to do it with a trap bar first before I could do it with the straight bar. I was stuck at 585 for a long time, and then the trap bar got me past that that hump. So, I mean, it, the proof is in the pudding. Doing these variations of these amazing exercises 
is although it's different, it's going to yield incredible results. Oh, huge, yeah. huge, especially in comparison to the other things that people are focusing on. Mm-hmm. And this is, and I think this goes back to the message, like because I know we always turn some people off when they hear us, like kind of you know. And I went on a rant like a couple months back of. You know, I remember Joe D and some people were putting fucking bands on hammer strength machines, right? And I just started ripping into that. And I know that I rub some people the wrong way that are like, hey, I do that. Or, hey, I utilize that technique and I've seen great benefits. Or or they want to argue the strength curve and how that works and get into semantics. And it's like, no, I get it. I understand that it's a different stimulus and stuff. What I'm trying to get through your fucking head is that there's moves like the squat, the deadlift, you know, that varying those in ways that I bet you've never done before. Like if you've never done a Zercher squat, if you've never done a sumo squat before, if you've never done a six inch narrow squat before, if mm-hmm. you've never done some of these things, but you're out putting bands on yeah, fucking hammer strength machines, yeah. like you're, you got the order of operation way the fuck, <laughs> yeah. way the fuck wrong. Yeah. You got yeah. so many other things that are going to change your body and give you results. So that's what I mean by that. And that's where that, that, I guess that attitude or that chip comes off when, when I get that way with people is that I'm just passionate about it because it's like I even I have this epiphany sometimes when I'm going through my own training and going like, holy shit, I've been missing out on some huge gains because I was messing and manipulating things that really don't matter that much when there's something that I've left out of my routine for a very mm-hmm. long time because I wasn't good at it because I wasn't a good sumo deadlifter. It feels awkward. Well, how about this? Instead of neglecting to do it because I'm not good at it, how about addressing it, working on my mobility, getting to a point where I can mechanically do good and then watching how fast I progress. Like if the strength gains are every week, every week when I was when I first started sumo, sumo deadlifting. Progress quickly. Yes. Every that week happened was, to me too. Every well, week I was. Shows, it just shows those like main staple lifts. Like there's so many variations to uh, perform. And if you even look at it from like the way that you can do it with performance and you add, you know, bands or chains or like these, these variable resistance techniques, you know, or you, you mess with the tempo, you know, or, you know, you mess with like, you know, the angle of your joints. So yeah, you're having a wider stance or, you know, like you're in a different bar position on your back or, you know, like if you haven't ever really dove into like three, four weeks of doing just that one technique, and then you're you're immediately going to some like Smith machine exercise. You know that's where we want to slap you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, it's true. No, that happened to me too with deadlift. I I, I went from a, being able to pull four plates to five plates with the sumo within a it's like a five week period of time, which man. Nothing, which is a ninety pound increase. Which nothing else you'll ever see that from, right? Especially no, not at my level. Yeah, but, yeah. Where, where we've been training this long, like you see a, a two and a half to five pound strength gain somewhere, and you're pumped. So for me to see adding. 10 pounds every week for four weeks straight is just like mind blowing. But that's how the body works because it was it to that movement mechanically is so new. So think about that too. It's learning. It's learning how to fire the muscles optimally. It's learning the biomechanics and practicing the skill. And when you get good at that skill, then you yield the muscle benefits too, the visible benefits. It carries over to the other lifts. Exactly. Exactly. Listen, leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes. If you like our show, if we like your review, we'll pick it and you'll get a free mind pump t-shirt. Also, check us out on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal. Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. And at Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. That was a weird way of saying that. Adam. 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 Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. 
The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.